Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. called True Story. We're talking about some of the facets of Christmas, because uh, it is a true story. You know, sometimes we kind of forget, oh yeah, it really is a true story. It really did happen. Yeah, it really did. So if you have a Bible today, uh, I'd like you to grab your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, totally fine. We'll put the words up on the screen, <clears throat> and you can follow along. But um, we want to spend some time talking about some important things that have to do with the Christmas story. <clears throat> and one of the things we're going to talk about today is, um, well, is, is I've always kind of wondered what, you ever think what Mary was thinking about? <laughs> Do you ever stop and think about what you're thinking about? Do you ever pause and just kind of wonder, what am I thinking? Uh, especially during Christmas time. I know a lot of time we spend uh, talking about, you know, uh, the toys or the family or what we're going to do or what we're going to eat or travel plans. And, and we all have dreams uh, of what you think like an ideal Christmas would be and what would be like the best thing to do. And I think we went around the room and we talked about Christmas plans. We'd all have something different. Um, some of you, uh, I think you really love winter, and you love winter sports, and you love winter time. How many of you like, I mean, honestly, you enjoy the season of winter time because it allows you to do different things? About nine of you, maybe ten, yeah. <laughs> How many of you wish it was 80 and sunny all winter? Yeah, I know, that's why everyone moves to Florida, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I tell you, we did something uh, a couple years back uh, that was really fun, and I'm actually, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm hoping that we can do it again. A couple years ago, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, it was, it was 50, like 50 degrees, 45, 50, whatever. And I decided the last minute on Christmas Eve, after the Christmas Eve service, that my wife and I, my two boys, we were going to go camping. And we are going to spend Christmas Eve in a tent. <clears throat> and we packed up our tent. We headed up to Devil's Lake. And we brought a Christmas tree and the lights. We brought a space heater. And it was, it was actually a pretty cool idea. Well, uh, uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, I distinctly remember laying there, and we had a, we were kind of one of those big tents, and the boys were in there, and had the Christmas tree, the lights on, the space heater going, and we had our big blankets and, you know, everything, and the, the only thing we didn't have is we don't have matching pajamas. We're not doing that, all right? I'm not even going to see a raise of hands, because I don't want to know. Uh, but I remember about 2 o'clock in the morning, someone's moving around the tent, and I look up, and it's my son, Cole, and uh, Cole's known for his sleepwalking. And there's the space heater right there inside the tent. And Cole's standing there, and he's literally <clears throat> an inch from the space heater. And he's asleep. He's just standing there because <laughs> he's so cold. 50 doesn't sound cold until you're sleeping outside in it. And uh, I kind of, Cole, are you okay? You know, what's going on? And it's just he didn't say nothing. He was sound asleep, standing up. And then a few minutes later, he just went back down, got in a sleeping bag, went back to sleep. And I asked him about it the next morning. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but, except he did say this. said, Dad, I will never do this again. Uh, I, I don't know. I kinda, oh, we like camping. I think I'll probably do it again. Um, that was kind of a fun dream. I know Hallmark makes a lot of money planting dreams in all of our minds about what it should be like and, 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 and how it could be and what it could have been or what it should look like. Well, let me say this. <clears throat> Hallmark does a great job planting a dream, assuming... Assuming your dream is to live in Colorado and drive an old Ford pickup truck that's red, 
and um, you haven't talked to your parents for 18 years, and you're single, and you have no money, and the heat in your truck doesn't work, and you have an old dog, and he has a limp, and then you meet someone who's an architect, she lives out in the woods, she has a multi-million dollar cabin, and you fall in love, and this is the part that blows me away. She's happy to leave her multi-million dollar income to come live with you with your old Ford pickup truck. I can believe everything up until that part. You know, that part, it's like, no, nah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but I guess, if, I don't know, if that's your dream, Hallmark makes a lot of money doing that. But here in the real world, um, uh, I tell you, a lot of times just in, inconvenient things happen, unexpected things happen. God allows Think about this, God allows unexpected, inconvenient things to happen in our life. As a Christian, I think that we need to prepare ourselves for inconvenience. I think as a Christian, we need to almost expect the unexpected because God uses that to work in our life. You know, sometimes we say, oh yeah, the person that gets the bad, you know, the bad hospital report or, or loses their job, yeah, that's the unexpected. God's using that to work in their life. But God doesn't always use, you know, the cancer diagnosis or the lost job to work in someone's life. God just sometimes uses unexpected, unplanned things in your life to work. Parents, I'm just going to encourage you. I need to tell you this. You teach, your young, you teach your young children to be okay with change. You teach them to almost plan for the unexpected. Sometimes, you know, God throws a curveball. It's not the end of the world. I think we do a great harm to raising our children when we helicopter uh, parent our children and never let them have an inconvenience, you know, because things just happen like that. You know, don't, parents, don't be frustrated when things change. Don't be frustrated by inconvenience. You know, I'll tell you, can I tell you something I was inconvenienced by yesterday? I was. I was inconvenienced by something yesterday. My job, and I looked, my job on the sheet for last night was I was supposed to be a door greeter. Now, those of you that know what a door greeter is at the Luminary Hike, that basically means this. You stand by the coffee or the, the cocoa camper and you pretty much drink hot chocolate all night by the fire and you just kind of wave, hey, <laughs> good to see you, get a little coffee over here, you know. And that was my plans and that's what I came prepared for and then I got here and one of the characters uh, couldn't do his part and so literally five minutes before the event started, I was given uh, uh, an ancient outfit to wear and a script that literally was a full page long and said, there, go do it. I was not dressed for it. I did not have the clothes for it. I was not prepared for it. I'm running, you know, a cold like everybody else in the world is. That's an inconvenience. But what do you do, church? You do it. You just, when you're inconvenienced, when you're, when you're tried, when, you're, when there's something that doesn't go the way you want it to do, you still just do it. And, and we need to teach our kids to do it. We need to be part of that. Sometimes we just have to, we have to grow up and have to learn how to do these kind of things. This story that we're going to look at today is about Mary. And I'll tell you. If you think about the story of Mary, this was unexpected, but it was a huge inconvenience. I mean, think about, think about this for Mary. She, she was just a normal person like everybody else. She's a teenager. Yeah, she was a very godly young woman. But, you know, the angel Gabriel meets with her, and, and, and her whole life changes. Now, take a look at Luke chapter 2, verse 19. This was Mary's attitude, and I want you to start to get her attitude, and we'll talk a little bit about the story. Luke chapter 2, verse 19, this is after she has the baby, after Gabriel has talked to her. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them. Take your pen and underline the word pondered. Pondered them in her heart. So all these things happen, and what does she do? She's under a lot of pressure, but what does she do? She thinks 
through these. Now, interesting, the Bible says she pondered these things. She didn't Prozac these things. She didn't get a new therapist. She didn't, you know, go hide under the bed. She didn't lock herself in a room and not come out and talk to anybody. She didn't go into severe depression. I'm just saying. She thought about it and it's like, well, and we're going to think what, we're going to look at what she's actually thinking about. But she's like, okay, God, I'm ready. You prepared me for this. This is not what I was planning on. And instead of her falling apart, instead of her going, going sideways, instead of her acting out her, her addiction, instead of freaking out, what does she do? Well, with wisdom and grace, she thinks about what God calls her to do in her life. You say, well, Pastor Dan, what do you think Mary was thinking? Well, I wrote down a couple things that I think Mary was probably thinking about what she was pondering. The first one was this. I think she was thinking this. All of my plans for my, my entire life have just been changed. <laughs> yeah, you know, she is there. She's a young lady. She's never been married. She's a virgin. And now she's told she's going to have a child. Take your Bible, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Let's look at verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, this is when the angel meets her for the first time, how shall this be? In other words, Mary's saying to the angel, how shall this be that I'm going to have a child? <laughs> you know, how, how is this going to happen? I'm not even married yet. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of of God. So there's the angel. The angel talks to her, and then the angel tells her these things, and then the angel leaves. And I'm wondering, what's Mary thinking? I don't know if it was me. I'd probably be thinking, I think I had too many onions on my hamburger last night. That, that was crazy. Did this just really happen? You know, Joseph probably, you know, is talking to her. He's like, Mary, what's going on? You know, we're engaged. You know, and now you're saying you're expecting a child. I don't even want to know about the story. Who's the guy? You know, did you have you know, too many onions on your hamburger? What's going on? There's a lot of things that's probably kind of crossing through her mind, probably a lot of things crossing through his mind. And, and Mary is probably wondering, as the baby's growing in, within her, that what it felt like to have that baby kick. And that's a pretty amazing story. I mean, here's the Son of God, the one who created the universe, literally inside of you. And there's a lot of things she's pondering. There's a lot of things that, that are going through her mind. I've often wondered about why God picked her. You know, there's a lot of prophecies about the baby being born, and we know that the baby would be born of a virgin, but ever since Genesis chapter 3, all the prophets in the Old Testament predicted a Messiah coming, and, and each of them, the different prophets, even some of the minor prophets cover the fact there's different prophecies, where he's going to be born, when he's going to be born, all the different details about it, what bloodline he's coming, over and over and over again, we see this happening from Isaiah to Daniel to everywhere, we see these, these predictions happening. And in a moment, all these predictions are going to be fulfilled in Mary. This teenage girl who's not even married. Go to Luke chapter 1, look at verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art, take your pen and underline these two words, highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. So what is Mary? She's highly favored. Mary probably thought, why in the world is God picking me? Of all the women in, in Israel to pick, why me? There's your answer right there in that verse. Because she's what? She's, she's highly favored. There's, the church, listen. There is a reward for living righteously. Okay? 
I know today in the society we live in, it's almost the opposite. It's like how vile can you be? How bad can your mouth be? You know, how many women can you be with? And there's almost feel like there's a reward for that, but there's not. In Christianity, there is a reward for living right. God honors that. God, God favors that. Someone that walks with him. God's not impressed on how bad you are. God's impressed on how righteous you are, how holy your life is. You know, God, it's interesting. We look at this. God didn't, didn't choose a dirty vessel to bear his child. He chose a young lady who was morally pure, who was usable as the mother of Christ. This was dependent upon her morality, the way she lived, the way her life was, the, the way her attitude was. She was uniquely blessed. She was a young, virtuous woman. And, and, and God, in, in his sovereignty, says, you know what? I'm going to use this young lady who, who, who is, is a vessel worthy of carrying the Son of God. It's a young person who kept himself pure. You know, I, I thought about this the other day. I had a friend of mine plant this idea in my mind, and I kind of thought about this. Maybe, I don't know. I, I don't, that's not in the Bible. It's just my, my two cents. I, I wonder if God was ready. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. I wonder if God may, may have been ready to pick a different woman to do this job. The Bible doesn't say, you know, this had to be Mary. There's lots of women that were alive at that time. The location was important. The time was prophesied. But maybe, it was, maybe there was someone else that was supposed to be used. I don't know. I'm not saying there was. But do you ever think about that? Maybe, I don't know, I'm just saying, maybe, maybe, maybe Mary, Mary wasn't choice number one. I don't know. But maybe someone didn't live their life the way it should have been. Maybe someone didn't keep themselves moral the way they should have been. I don't know. I just know that there's consequences to our actions. Young ladies, let me encourage all of you and young men Keep your purity, young ladies, young men. Young ladies, don't, don't let some lustful guy take advantage of what you have. Don't, don't do that. Don't. Men, you keep yourselves pure too. Sometimes we always talk about the ladies, but no, men, listen, you will pay a price for immorality. Society today rewards immorality, but not as a Christian, okay? You're a Christian, okay? As a Christian, understand this. We live a different lifestyle than someone who's not a Christian. And I know it's really easy to, to watch television or to watch the news or to watch what's going on in Hollywood, and you say in your mind, you kind of think this, well, they got away with it. They're doing okay. Yeah, maybe the unsaved people get away with it. Maybe they do. I, I don't know. Maybe they do. But as a Christian, we don't get away with it. Why? Because we're children of the king. God expects a different lifestyle from us than the world has. We need to remember that. We need to keep that forefront. Well, my neighbor down the street, my coworker, my friend, my cousin, my relative, they do this and they get away with this lifestyle. Maybe they do, but you're a Christian. Young people, you're held to a different standard. God expects something different from you than he expects from people that aren't his children. And this is where the pastor says, <laughs> Help me out, we'll get done sooner. <laughs> what America needs right now, I'll tell you what America needs. America needs some young men and some young women who are clean, pure, and decent and are concerned about eternal rewards. And they're the ones that are going to make a difference in this country and in the society that we live in. They'll stay pure for God to be used. You know, people that, that just continually make bad choices are people that just aren't used by God. Well, I want to be used by God. Well, great. 
You want to be used by God? Then you keep yourself morally pure. Okay? That's what you have to do. You keep yourself from making bad decisions. I knew a guy once, uh, lived out east. God had called him into the mission field. I didn't know what God called him to, but he knew he was supposed to be in full-time service. Uh, he, was a great, he was a great guy, and he had actually started to go to a Bible college and was starting to do very well. The problem was he made a bad decision. Now, this was a good guy that made a bad decision. It wasn't even, a, it wasn't even an immoral decision. It wasn't an immoral decision. It was just a bad decision. He was preparing to go into full-time ministry. Before he went off to college, he decided to buy himself a brand new car. It was actually a very, very nice car by those days' standards. There's nothing wrong, church, with driving a nice car. I drive two very nice cars. I'm very blessed. I'm thankful for that. But when you're heading off to Bible college to go into the missions to maybe head off to a different country, it's probably not the time to be in debt. The problem was this, that very good young man that just made a very bad decision couldn't afford the payments anymore in the car and ended up having to drop out of college and have to drop out of seminary to get a better job to pay for the car. Just, can we pause for a minute and just think? Just think. Wherever he was supposed to go, whatever foreign land he was supposed to go to, there's a church that never got started. There was a Christian school that never started. There was an orphanage that probably never got off the ground. There was a, there was a, a, a church that didn't have a staff member or a worship leader or, or an assistant pastor. There's all these, diff these different positions and different jobs he could have, should have, would have done, but didn't get done. Why? Because the bank needed a car payment. Nothing wrong with a new car. It's just a bad decision at the wrong time. Ten years later, the car got totaled and is now in a junkyard and still in whatever land he was supposed to go to, whatever country he was supposed to go to, I don't know where he's supposed to go. It never happened. He never went back to school. He never finished his degree. He never went to a foreign land. He never did it. Why? Because he started making some bad choices at the wrong time. And I always just wonder in my mind, what could have been? Is there a, is there a town somewhere in the world that doesn't have a church? Is there a town somewhere in the world that doesn't have a Christian school, doesn't have a Christian school principal? I don't know. Is there an orphanage that never started in some foreign land? I don't know, but he was supposed to do a job, but he never did it because he made a bad decision. Just, just a foolish choice. I have no idea. Go, go back to our study, though. Let's take a look here. Luke chapter 1, look down at verse 38. So, so the, the angel Gabriel tells her, you know, uh, Gabriel says, listen, you know, you're going to have this child, and look what, look what her response is. Luke chapter 1, look at verse 38. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, she's talking about herself, I'm, I'm just a servant of the Lord. That's literally what she's saying. Behold, I, I, I'm just a servant of the Lord. And look what she says. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. She was at a right attitude. She was at God's disposal. She doesn't question God. She doesn't say, but God. Now think. What about my plans? I have plans too. Don't you know what I'm supposed to do? Don't you know what I want to do? You know what else is interesting here, what we don't see? What about Mary's parents? We, we don't hear them pipe up. Well. We just wanted you to get a degree in such and such and do this and that and this. And, and, you know, this was your fallback plan. We don't hear them complaining. Mary says, listen, I'm just a servant. God, whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do it. And all of Mary's plans, think church, all of Mary's plans in a moment are burnt up. They're gone. 
Mary's just a human being just like anybody else's. Mary had plans. Do you have plans? I have plans. I mean, think about the obvious one. First off, church, the baby's going to be born of a virgin, okay? She's never been with a man. Now think, we know this from reading history, we know this from reading the Bible. Her entire life, that very thing is questioned. As a matter of fact, her own children, Jesus' siblings, question Mary about, Are you really, is, is Jesus really virgin born? Imagine the conversation. Uh-huh, my mom says that Jesus was born when she was a virgin. Right. right. Imagine the conversation at the workplace. Imagine at the gym. Imagine, you know, out in the farm fields. Imagine what Joseph had to deal with. Imagine all those things. For the rest of her life, she is going to be accused of immorality. You all know what the payment for immorality was back in those days. We talked about this a few weeks ago. It was death by stoning. Her whole life, she's going to live with this cloud over her head saying, Really? Why? Why were people questioning it? Well, because babies aren't born from virgins, that's why. But this whole thing is, is going to happen, and she's going to be accused of lying by her own family. As a matter of fact, Joseph, her fiancé, accuses her basically of it as well. He says, you know what, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to hide you in the back house there. I don't want anyone to know about this, because I'm embarrassed about what just happened. Joseph, her fiancé, says this. So, so, you know, this is just not a good thing. It's not going to be easy. But, but Mary's attitude from the very beginning is, God, nothing is more important to me than to do your will. I'm your servant. I'll do whatever it is that you want. Mary's just an everyday normal teenager, and she has her dreams. She has things she wants to do. And, and you don't hear her say, well, I don't feel like doing this. This screws up my plans. Well, I was going to do this, and I was going to do that. I was going to go to this college. I was going to have a big wedding. We've been planning this for a long time. The dress is made. The jewelry's bought. The bridesmaids, what about their outfits? I mean, I spent a lot of time making sure that the bridesmaids' outfit matched the, groom's, uh, the groomsmen's bow ties because we know it is so important that their bow ties match, match the ribbon on their dress and that that matches the one flower that's in the lobby. You don't understand. We've spent hours matching this. This is a big deal. <laughs> And her plans are gone in a moment. And her attitude isn't, well, don't you know? I have plans too. What about my wedding? What about my plans? What about my future? What about the house? We're supposed to have a house with, with a white picket fence. And a white picket fence, and it's supposed to have a, uh, an olive tree in the backyard. It's supposed to have an orchard. And, and we're supposed to have a little farm that we could raise the food and we could eat here. And it's going to be a beautiful little house. And, and I've just been dreaming about this. And my whole goal the whole time is, is to have these nice things and we are going to have a donkey, and it was going to be a new one, and a, the latest model, and, and a nice saddle, and I was so excited about these things, and, and that's what we're going to have. Instead, think about what happens. No, you're going to have this baby, and you're going to hop on that donkey you have, and what are you going to do? Think about the story, church. Where does she go? You're going to go to Egypt for a couple years, and you're going to hide. Excuse me? <laughs> I'm going to Egypt? Last time I checked, church, if you look at a map, Bethlehem's way up north. Egypt is way down south. They had a stinking long trip they had to take after she has a baby. Now, also think about this. Put it in context even of, of, of the terrible things that are happening in the Middle East today. She's going to Egypt, which was pretty much, and is still pretty much today, 99.9% .9 Arab. You're two Jews with a Jewish baby, and you're going to live in Egypt for a couple of years? How's that going to work out? 
well, what, how, how good of friends are you going to make? I mean, there was a conflict then. There's still a conflict today. It was tough. It's really tough. And all this was going to be changed. But for Mary, we have no arguing. Instead, look back at that verse. What does she say? Be it unto me according to thy word. Yes, I have dreams, but your plans are more important. Yes, I have things that I want, but God, where do you need me? What is it that you want for me? God, whatever it is that you need from me, I'm going to do. That's why she's blessed. That's why she's this woman that, that we, we revere, and we look at, we highly honor. Why? Because church, she submitted to God's will. God, it's fine. I have plans. I have what I want to do, but it doesn't matter. I'm your servant. Sometimes we think, you know, Mary was a special person and she grew up, you know, when she was born. Now, Mary, you're going to be, you know, the mother of Jesus. She didn't know any of this. She's just a teenager, just like anybody. And church, listen, sometimes God allows circumstances to come in your life that just aren't fun. They're not our plan. Do you think going to Egypt, do you think being accused your whole life of immorality is fun? I mean, just be honest. Do, do you think she lived a normal life? I mean, goodness sakes, there's her baby, Jesus. He's perfect. He doesn't do anything wrong. He knows everything. I mean, goes to school and he already knows the answer. It would be kind of frustrating after a while. Can't you just be like a normal kid and get kicked out of school once? You know, <laughs> Can't you just pick a fight? Let's just do something. Yeah. But nothing like that. And so she has that. And, 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 and the same God that, that told Mary that she's going to have this baby is the same God that sometimes lets circumstances come into our life that just aren't fun. Okay? Sometimes God allows an inconvenience in our life, and, 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 and sometimes God allows things that are unexpected in our life, and things don't turn out the way we think they should turn out. Church, my encouragement to all of us is this. You want to be spiritual? Then learn to be flexible. Mom and dad, teach flexibility to your kids. You have to teach them to be flexible. Don't, don't helicopter parent your children. Don't be so worked up if things don't go at your school just the right way. Well, I just can't believe my child, they're supposed to be first in line, and they're second in line. Doesn't the teacher know how brilliant my child is? I mean, what's the deal? How come they're picking on my kid? How come my kid doesn't get to sing the solo? I saw the kids singing up here today. How come they didn't put the microphone in front of my kid? Because <laughs> your kid can't sing? I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I never got the microphone when I was a kid. Be a little more flexible. It just doesn't matter sometimes. And sometimes we get so worked up, and parents, you wonder why, wonder why your kids are so worked or inflexible. It's probably because you get so worked up, and you're so inflexible. And, and sometimes, I, I'll just be honest, as a pastor, I've seen an awful lot of things. I, 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 I guess I get, I get shocked that people get shocked at inconveniences in life. And it's just, oh, it didn't go my way. And you get all worked up. We get all, you know, or just all, I don't everything up in a bundle, and it's just, ah. Oh, like, take a chill pill. Just Listen, here's what I know. I, I've never met a spiritual person. I'm just telling you. I've never met a spiritual person that wasn't flexible. If I can think in my mind, list of people that I just think are real godly, real spiritual, flexible, 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 flexible. Here's what I have met. I've met an awful lot of carnal, worldly Christians who will never accept change and will never be flexible because things don't go their way. Huh, I've seen that. If I've seen it once, I've seen it a million times. Inflexible, 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 inflexible. And we get all worked up over those things. Complain, 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 because things don't go my way. Church, if there's one thing we can learn from Mary this Christmas season is, you know what? She's flexible. God allowed an inconvenience, a not good circumstance to come her way, and she says, you know what, God? If that's what you need, I'm your servant. 
what, whatever you need, I'm ready. And if I need to go this way, fine, go to Egypt, all right, great. You know, I'm packing my bags right now. Have a baby? Sounds great. No problem. We'll just do it, you know. Yeah. All these things. And she's super flexible. And, and, and Mary's like, you know what, God, whatever it is you want, I'll submit to your plans, your ways. It's not about my dreams. It's about whatever it is you have. Let's look real quick. We've got a few minutes. Let's look real quick at, at Luke chapter 2. So Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 1 is kind of before Jesus is born. Luke chapter 2 is the story of Jesus being born. Think about this. What was Mary thinking? How about this? And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, this is talking about after the baby's born, the angels show up with the shepherds. The shepherds said one to another, <laughs> this kind of blows me away. Shepherds, farmers, tough guys out in the field, right? They say one to another, let us now go, even to Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. So the angel just told us about a baby being born in a manger. We're going to find a baby. Baby's wrapped in these swaddling clothes. Okay, he's lying in a manger. Eh, that's interesting. Verse 16. And they came with haste, or they hurried, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Verse 17. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told of them concerning this child. Verse 18. So they were telling people. So the, the shepherds go to the manger, to the stable, the cave. It literally was a cave. And they, they see this and they're telling everybody, hey, we saw this. Look at verse 18. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So pause there just for a moment. And just think. Think of the circumstance. It's nighttime. Mary just has a baby. She's in a cave. She's not in the hospital. She's not a freighter. She's not at Pro Health. She's not at Summit. She's in a cave. She just had a baby. Joseph is with her. There's hay. <laughs> There's animals. There's animal, you know, on the ground, right? I mean, it's a cave. There's that. It's a special time. It's their first child, right? I mean, it's, it's wow. Whoa, this just happened. Whoa, we just had a baby. Okay, wow. And who shows up at the door? Strangers. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We heard this baby here. Do you mind if we come in? <laughs> now, ladies, help me. What would you do if you were in the maternity ward at, 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 at Freighter or wherever, and you just had your first baby, and a stranger knocks on the door? Excuse me, do you mind if we all come in? Just a bunch of us guys. Don't <laughs> I mean, is this awkward? Does anyone else feel the awkward? Do you feel the tension? I feel the awkwardness. I feel the tension. I remember... When our first son was born, um, is my wife in here? Good to have you at church today. All right, <laughs> I, I, I can be very careful. I don't know if my mother-in-law is listening on this. Um, we had our first child, and, and Bryce was born. And do you remember those of you that have children? The first child—it's really special. And you're taking pictures. Guys are there. You know, the, most of the guys are there in the room, and you're ready to pass out or get sick, and the woman's the one that's doing all the work, and she's tough, and, and you're over there crying and bawling, you know, right? And the baby's born, and you're like, ah. You know, for us, it was really weird. Amy's parents, I love them to death, but boy, they were, they, were, they were more excited about us having a child than I think we were about having a child. And, and it, was like, it was like the door to the, the delivery room was, you know, was closed, and it's like every once in a while you'd see the door kind of open up a little bit. And you see like someone's nose and like their fingers, you know, kind of like a kid does in the bathroom, you know, kind of sticks their hands up. Can we come in? And I'm like, no, you can't come in. We're having a baby. <laughs> and, and the in-laws were wanting to come in. Can we, can we come in? No, you can't come in. We're at this is like a special time. Side note to that. 
Mom and dad, let me give you a little hint. <laughs> Your children go off and get married. Let them have their first child. Here's what I encourage you to do. Just stay at home. Just stay at home. They will call you when they're ready for you to come in and see them in their most awkward, intimate, embarrassing moment in life, okay? Just chill out. Stay at home. They'll call you. You come to the hospital when they're ready. Because uh, it's just embarrassing to have to lock the door to the birthing room. It's just, it's awkward. But don't do that. <laughs> but, but think about Mary. She's overwhelmed with the moment. And here comes all these stinking, smelly shepherds. Who are you guys? What are you doing? What do you want? Are you weird? What's going on? Because remember... We read the story and we say, oh, isn't that cute? Yeah, because we're reading the whole story. But at the moment, Mary didn't know that the angels talked to the shepherds. Excuse me, are we in your cave? Are we, are we, are, are we trespassing? What's going on? I mean, is this place double booked? You know, so she's overwhelmed with the whole deal. It's not a Pinterest moment. It's not the moment she dreamed of. It's going to be awkward. And the Bible says that Mary just thought about all these things. Imagine all these things that God's doing in my life. Imagine all these things that God's allowing me to do. And her attitude literally, her attitude literally is an attitude of a bowed knee saying, I'm just your servant. Whatever you need, however you need it, I'll do it. You need me to be a greeter at the Luminary Hike? Fine, I'll do it. You need to be, be a character. You need me to clean the floors. You need me to help set up. You need me to tear down. You need me to paint this. You need me to serve. You need me to work in the nursery. You need me to change a diaper. It doesn't matter what my plans are. I'm here to serve. Church, as we as Christians, as we grow and as we develop and as we mature, the more of that attitude we take on, the more of the attitude that all of us, myself included, just learn to grow and just say, you know what, I just want to serve God whatever you want. The more God can use us. God's looking for some people to say, you know what, be it unto me. Whatever your will is, it's, it's fine. If that health report, if that job report, if that situation, if that car broken down, if that leaky roof on my house, God, whatever it is you need, that inconvenience you need to bring my way, that surprise you need to bring my way, that, that pain in the neck that needs to happen, God, whatever it is, I'm just here to serve you. God, I'll do it. God's looking for people like that because he says, you know what? I knew I was going to get that out of Mary. Praise God. I, I knew it. She's the one. She's the one. And God in his sovereignty and man's free will mesh together at that moment. God knows what Mary's heart is. He knows what her attitude is. And he knows this is going to be a tough run. I know she's going to be the one that's going to do it. She's going to be the one that's going to be like this. God, whatever it is, be it unto me according to your will. God, I'll do it. He didn't pick someone that says, well, <laughs> you owe me this one. <laughs> no, God, whatever it is you want, I'll do it. I'm willing. God, I'll, I'll do what it is you need me to do. God's calling you to be someone that's generous this Christmas season. Guys, listen. We celebrate the birthday of the king here on Christmas. My personal belief, you do what you want. My personal belief is the biggest Christmas present ought to go to our Savior. You give it to a church. Well, you're just trying to get money. Fine. Don't give it to this church. I don't care. But you ought to have an attitude of generosity to say, God, be it unto me. The biggest Christmas gift ought to go to you. Let it go to God's ministry. Let him use it how he needs to use it to take care of people, to take care of needs. Give it to whatever, give it to your church. I don't care. But that ought to be the attitude of generosity. 
That the attitude that we're willing to serve, the attitude that I'm willing to raise my family a certain way, the attitude that, that I'll start doing something different in my life, the attitude that, fine, I'll stop doing something in my life. Whatever God has called me to do, I'll raise my kids a certain way that's different than the world. God, it's going to be an inconvenience, it's going to be a pain in the neck, but God, I'll do it because they're your kids, be it unto me. God, whatever it is you need me to do, I'll do it. I'll show up where you need me to show. I'll stay away where you need me to stay away. I'll make new friends. I'll do it. God, it's going to be an inconvenience. It's going to be a pain in the neck, but it doesn't matter. I'm flexible. I'll do what you have called me to do. Be it unto me according to your will. And that's tough. If you're like me, that's a tough thing to say, to really have your hands like that and say, God, is fine. That, that's where we need to grow. That's where your preacher needs to grow too, to truly be able to say, God, be it unto me, whatever, whatever it is, according to your will. Fine, I'll just do it. No complaints, no upsetness, no frustration, no you owe me. <laughs> God, I'll just do it. And God sees people like that. He says, good, I can now accomplish my job in you. I can use you to finish what I need to do here on earth, okay? So this Christmas, you think about that. Be ready for an inconvenience. Be ready for a surprise. Just be ready because it happens in life. And our attitude is, God, whatever it is you need me to do, I can just do it, okay? I can do it. I can take a change. I can be flexible. I can do it. And God says, good. That's the kind of person I need to work with. That's the kind of person I will work through. All right? You do that. Let me encourage you this too. You share the gospel this Christmas season. Don't be afraid to share the good news. Don't be afraid to share the meaning of Christmas. Have you been saying Merry Christmas more? I've encouraged you the last few weeks. Don't say Happy Holidays. Save that for July 4th. That's a happy holiday. This is Merry Christmas. All right? Say Merry Christmas whenever you get a chance. Tell people about the goodness. Use, use that verse, John 3.16 or Ephesians 2.8.9. Let's put uh, John 3.16 here on the screen. Let's close with this. This is the best news. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, right here, believes in him should not perish but has everlasting life. God says it's not about you being good, not about you going to church, not about you taking communion, not about you being a better person, not about you stopping using drugs, not about you starting reading your Bible. It's about you believing that Jesus is the Messiah. You believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid your sin debt. God says the moment you, you stop relying on you to get to heaven and you start fully trusting in what I did on the cross, God says you have everlasting life. You have an eternity in heaven waiting for you, not because you've trusted in what you've done, but you've trusted in what Jesus did. He died on the cross to pay our sin debt. Would you share that good news this week? And if you've never trusted in Christ as your Savior, goodness sakes, wouldn't it be awesome to trust Christ as your Savior today? It'd be a day to do it. Here we are right in the middle of December. You remember forever, man. Right in the middle of December, I was at Dayspring Church, and that's the day I trusted that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid my sin debt. You'd remember that. It'd be a really special thing to be able to go to bed tonight knowing where your eternity is. All right? Okay. That's it for our Bible study today. We'll continue on our series next week about continuing our study about the true story of Christmas. Let's have a word of prayer and let's be done. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for being here today. It's been fun to be here. It's been good to have a Bible study. Lord, thank you for Mary being flexible and ready for the inconvenience and ready for the unplanned. Father, would you work in all of our hearts? Would you challenge all of us to grow? Moms and dads and grandma and grandpas and, and kids to be flexible, to be ready for change, to be ready for an inconvenience. Sometimes life is an inconvenience, but I'm going to learn to be flexible. And God, if this is what you need me to do, I'm going to do it. Would you help us to grow in these areas? Would you help us to model Mary's example? Lord, maybe someone today is trusting in you as Savior. Could you give them just a special blessing this Christmas season as they know for certain they're going to heaven because they've trusted in what Jesus Christ did on the cross? 
Ask for a blessing on our Luminary Hike tonight. Many people come out. Nothing would keep people from showing up. We'd have a big crowd like last night. We pray all these things in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. We are very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.